Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud up. What do you got? All right, guys. So I actually have two things for you guys, and they're both regarding Betty White. Um, if you guys did not hear, you know, she passed away New Year's Eve. I did. And um, I went and rewatched uh, Golden Girls. I was like, I just yeah. feel like I need a, a little pick-me-up. You know, yeah. I was not what I needed for New Year's Eve, but they're here and they're there. Well, the worst part is, did you see that People Magazine did like a whole cover story yeah. about her big 100 bash, like her oh. uh, yeah, birthday bash? Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to, ha- I think her birthday was like January 17th or 17th. something like yep. that. Yeah, Yeah, Capricorn. Yeah. So she was huge animal lover, and they're doing. So I saw on Instagram, uh, Instagram and Twitter that they're yeah. doing a Betty White challenge. So okay. on Betty White's birthday, 100th birthday, you guys can go to a local rescue or animal shelter in your area and donate five dollars in her name. So that's the first thing you guys can do on her birthday, January 17th. But also, Pink's Hot Dogs is giving away their proceeds from sales of their Betty White Naked Hot Dog in LA, to the LA Zoo. So the hot dog is $5.20. So if you guys purchase a Betty White Naked Hot Dog, all of cool. that money goes to the LA Zoo. All right, sweet. Mm-hmm. And her name, her honor. Nice. Short and sweet. Rest oh, in peace, Betty White. I felt so bad, man. You know, you're that close to hitting 100, you know? Yeah. Right? What a blessing, but seriously, like, almost made it. Well, you know what was awesome about her at 99? How lucid she was. Like, she was yeah, really man. sharp at 99. Like, if you're going to make it to 9,900, like, you want to be lucid and feeling good for the most part. Like, you know, you don't want to be, you know, if you're not feeling all that good and you're not in that good shape, like, it's not really. Mm-hmm. What are you getting out of that? Right, where you're, like, right? in a wheelchair. Yeah. And you're like, you know, you can't really do stuff by yourself. Like, she was She was around. awesome. She was still doing TV and stuff, yeah. wasn't she? Yeah. I yeah. love her in that yeah. movie with Sandra Bullock, um, where oh, she's yeah. like the grandma. And Ryan she's Reynolds. Just, yes, yeah. I yeah, love. Yeah. I mean, I great. love her in general, but that movie, I'm like, man, she still got it at yeah. her age. She's still very good. Had great comedic timing. Still, um, she was a she was a treasure for sure. So, <sighs> pretty sad stuff. So, all right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Um, real quick, I just saw, before we get to Antonio Brown, I just saw Adam Schefter was on an episode of The Simpsons. If I could, if you could pick one TV show to make a cameo, and I know you were on the Jalen Rose um, uh, pilot show. Uh, yeah. I remember that. Uh, but if you could pick one show that is currently going on uh, that you could make a cameo on, what show would it be, Momo? Ooh. I really like Billions. Um, oh, okay. I would say... Billions is awesome. I like Succession. Those yeah. would be probably the top two. But what would you do? Because you'd have to be you. What would you do? What would Ramona oh, have to be do? Me? Yeah. Oh, I think we could we could do something with cryptocurrency, right? Like I could be somebody who's covering that or cover, you know, NFT, yeah. something yeah, yeah. like that. I could right. Be like, like somebody, some some big time athlete gets involved with them, right? Buying like yeah. NFTs or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my answer before was Game of Thrones, and I could be right. just like anything. I just want to go to the set. <laughs> like I would just be an extra. You can kill me yeah, off. They don't it's have fine. sports a, back then or then. I, I can I can take it out by the White Walkers. That's okay. You can take me out <laughs> if I get to go to the set. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. Um, yeah, that would be cool. Um, for me, it would have been like honestly, it would have been like Entourage back then. Ah, uh, like, Mason has a good one. Cobra Kai, that'd be Cobra, pretty awesome. Cobra Kai. You know I could do. I could totally do Cobra Kai. I mean, I'm um, from the Valley. Like, yeah. this is my jam. Like, I, yeah, th- th- right. I fit right in. I could give the them- All-Valley Championship, right? Yeah, man. Like, yeah. And Daniel well, you know Russo's where that really from is. Yeah. Mason Doe, he says. <laughs> Mason Doe. Um, yeah. You know, I was never on Ballers. I was always jealous that Levitard got to be on Ballers and I wasn't. So, I was like, really? Yeah. You got, you picked Dan? I'm way better looking than Dan and much thinner as well. So. <laughs> But anyway, um, you so, you know, it's got to you, you just don't know the right people. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Glazer was like a mainstay on that show. On well, yeah, he has the same agent. I mean, yeah, Brad yeah, Slater yeah. is yeah. is uh, The Rock's agent. Yeah, and The right. Rock was the star ballers, and Jay Glazer yeah. has him as yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, anywho, uh, let's get speaking of agents. Antonio Brown's agent's gonna have a lot of work to do if he's oh. ever gonna play in the NFL uh, again. Um, here's the thing, though. Like, everyone's talking about how crazy it was to see what we saw. Yes, I think we are all in agreement. Yes, what we saw was pretty wild. We've never seen that before. Yes? Uh, I haven't seen that, but I'm sure it's happened. It just probably hasn't happened in full view, right? Like, on the actual field. It's probably happened in locker rooms before. Right, where guys just walk off, sure. Yeah, but I mean, not Kevin like the middle Jr. of a game doing jumping jacks in the end zone with a peace sign and, and taking mm-hmm. my shirt off. Right, yeah. Um, it feels like something Dennis Rodman would have done at some point, but did not do. Um, but my thing is this, is, and I actually had, it was one of my responses today. I did Around the Horn today, and we did this subject, obviously. And, um, you know, a number of our colleagues today on the show said that they were disappointed in the teams because they... You know, basically, you know, they, they use Antonio Brown when it's good for them to get wins and, and you know, that's mm-hmm. the end of it. And then it's we wish him well, you know, hope he gets help, blah, blah, blah. And my response to that was, you know, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, or but I am going to be a little cynical, I guess, sort of, or maybe less cynical, uh, perhaps, because, yeah. it, like, how do we know? We're not in those locker rooms. We don't know if guys in the locker room, you know, whether it was Mike Evans or Tom Brady or any of the guys on the Steelers before, whatever, uh, the Raiders, if they didn't reach out to him at some point during the season, be like, yo, AB, man, you got to chill. Can we do this with you? Can, like, can I help you with this? Can I help you with that? Like, we don't know if any of that stuff happened. And everyone wants to play, like, doctor and psychologist with him. I'm not comfortable doing that. Clearly, um, he's got something going on. Um from a personality perspective, but I'm not here to diagnose that. Um, I, I just look at it and say to myself that he needs to deal with the facts. And the facts mm-hmm. are this. The facts are, for one reason or another, regardless of his incredible amount of talent, eventually his behavior on and off the field have terminated his ability to continue to play with several organizations now. And, you know, you were just talking about, like, we were talking about Russ and Carmelo, and again, not to equate those situations, but you were talking about how, like, Melo changed when he was out of the league. And now, yeah. A.B. did that a little bit, at least at first. You always heard in Tampa he was on his best behavior, blah, blah, blah. And then the COVID card thing happened. Yeah. And it used to, remember, before that, it was one strike, he's gone, and he wasn't gone. And I feel like, again, not being in the locker room, but just a 30,000-foot view that you gave him that feeling of, oh, I can get away with something here. And when you know when you have a, a, a someone who clearly has had run-ins with coaches and teammates and players, that person needs to be treated differently. Um, and, and by the way, I would say that on the other side of the spectrum. When somebody's got a resume that tells me he's a good citizen, he's a good uh, teammate, um, he's a good, you know, whatever, all those things, right? Let's say he had the same resume but didn't have the run-ins with teammates and stuff on and off the field that An- A- Antonio Brown had. I would say that that person shouldn't be judged by their worst moment. You know what I mean? If they make one mistake. Um, obviously, depending on what the mistake is, like we're not going to condone like anything super, you know, illegal or anything. But um, but you, you kind of get my point. I feel like we do we, – we are – we do this thing with athletes where we, we, we try to get too involved and kind of insert ourselves a little too much instead of just dealing with the facts. And the facts are fairly simple in this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think with Antonio, like when, when what you do become, he, he wasn't really that good this year, right? He was out for quite a while. He was and fine. It was all right. He was fine. So yeah. I think it can be even more simple than that. I mean, if he had been their top receiver and the most productive guy they have, and he'd been killing it this year, like, I don't know. Do you think he's gone after that? Maybe they suspend him for a game for contact. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Ter- Terrell Owens okay got, this year. Yeah. Terrell Owens got very upset on social media, and I don't blame him because someone tried to make the case that him and Antonio yeah. Brown were like the same player. And 
Terrell Owens was like, nah, bro. I, I never had those kind of issues. Like, you need to, that's, that, first of all, like, that's disrespectful to me. <laughs> um, you know, like that. And, right. and, and, and we do, again, we do this. We, tr- we make things, um, we try to, like, either o- overcomplicate things or oversimplify things instead of just dealing with the stuff that's in front of us. Yeah. And, and I think, like, with Antonio Brown, like, I care, to be honest, I care way more about, the way he treated his former girlfriend or his employees or those other stories that we read about than I do about him taking off his, his jersey and pads and getting upset at the game. Like people are heated in the, in games and he was upset about something. I mean, look, Doc Rivers threw Ben Simmons out of practice when he refused to go into a practice. Okay. And he said, get, get out of here. I mean, it's not that different from what Bruce Arians did. The difference is Ben Simmons didn't react by taking off his jersey and storming out in front of everybody. Yeah. But he got out of there. They said, don't go in? Okay, I won't go in. Like, this stuff happens. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. from Houston got into it with John Lucas. John Lucas is a really well-respected coach, but he was probably, you know, he probably got up in his face on something. And they had words at halftime. Kevin Porter Jr. left the arena at halftime. Just left. He got a one-game suspension. You know why? Because he's a young player that they're high on. And that's what they're doing in Houston right now. Right. <laughs> like, it, you know, it's all context. Like, with Antonio Brown, like, yeah, that was a bad scene there. But uh, to me, that was, like, the, one of the least of his, his offenses since he's been there. Uh, yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, but, it, it, you know, I, I, I think that in this league, you get, you'll, he will continue to get chances as long as he's a productive player. Um, I, I don't know yeah. if that's the case anymore though. Right. Like to your point, like he's he wasn't right. that productive this year, Like he was all right. Yeah. yeah. He's all right. Yeah. But you yeah, can get all right just, with a you lot. Just don't less... get as much room. Right. You, you can do all right with a lot less headaches per se, you know? Um, Hey, real quick on the Rams. So Lindsay, you have this uh, little chart here on the Rams potential opponents, uh, from easiest to toughest. And uh, of course, kind of the percentages now, Again, this is if the playoffs were to start today, right? Like, basically, like, their their percentage chances, like, to who they would play. So, the Saints, right, Lindsay, are the team that they're most likely to face in this scenario? Yeah, so, um, according to this chart that I got from, I think it was Yahoo, um, they have the 40% chance of facing the Saints in the playoffs, the first round. So, that's, a per- were, that's like, the highest by quite a bit. Because the, the chances are is that the Rams finish with the second seed. Yeah, so that would be the Rams getting the second seed and then the Saints finishing with the seventh, or right. finishing seventh. Because Green Bay yeah. would be the one overall seed, and they would, uh, which they have already, right? They have clinched the one overall seed, yes? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yep. So everybody's go got to go through Lambeau. But the Saints, I mean, that's a hell of an opponent, Ramona, if you're the Rams. That's what you want. Yeah, I mean, the Saints, to me, are like a skeleton team at this point. Like, who are they even playing right now? Right. Like, who's and, a quarterback? The Eagles. I mean, it wasn't... Right. Yeah. Well, I don't want to play the Eagles. Really? The Eagles are actually all right right now. Yeah, I think the they're Eagles playing better because they're running the ball. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're running the ball, and I think I think to me the Saints are like James Winston got hurt, and Taysom Hill's been okay, but he's been out too. Um, so I, I, th- that just seems like a really a team that's really dinged up. Plus, you'd you'd have them at home and not on the road, which is a pretty big difference. Yeah. So it, Saints and Eagles are the top two teams as far as percentages that the Rams could play. Then it's the Niners. Now, listen, let me tell you something. Oof. I don't want to see the Niners at all in the playoffs if I'm the Rams. I don't even want to see them this weekend. If I could just, like, not play mm-hmm. the game, I would not play the game if I were the Rams. Um, yeah. I, I understand Trey Lance is probably going to have to play because Garoppolo is dinged up. But the Niners have owned the Rams, so I don't want that. Cowboys and Cardinals are the next two teams after that. I, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are not playing well, and and I feel like the Rams match up fine against the Cardinals. To be frank with you, so um, I like yeah. where 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 things are headed for the Rams, uh, despite. Maybe I don't like out. is playing in Lambeau again. Yeah, but I mean you know they're what? probably gonna have to go through Lambeau Field to, if you want to make it to the to the Super Bowl. Fine, that's fine. I I, I feel like they, um, you know, they will have seen him twice in one season, and they mm-hmm. faced them obviously last year in the playoffs, and it didn't go well. So this is uh, this is a chance for redemption, but you got to get there first. Let's not overlook any of this stuff. But I, I think that there is a path, at least to the NFC title game for them, which is what I've been saying since Thanksgiving. And and here we are. All they got to do is either win or Arizona lose their last game. Who do the Cardinals play, Lindsay, in their last game? Do we know? I forgot. Well, let me look. Hang on one second. Eagles, right? 
Oh, do they play the well, Eagles? No, in their regular, their regular season game. Uh, oh, let's see. Yeah, the Cardinals play a Seattle. They play Seattle. Yeah, they play Seattle. And they play at home, which actually is bad for the Cardinals because they're not <laughs> – They've been way better on the road for yeah. some reason than uh, than at home. So, anyway, that's what we got for the Rams. Uh, Mason is out on Stafford. Mason Mason is now – you know what Mason's doing, Ramona? I heard I, him. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you on the other side what he's really up to. I, I okay. see this a mile away, Steve Mason. So, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to how wrong I was about the Raiders and how the Chargers can do the thing. That has avoided them for so long. We'll get to all that coming up. Stick around. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny, Chris. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I had it written down and I hadn't gotten to it yet. But, Momo, clearly you saw this picture, right? I saw it. I did. And um, can't unsee it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also can't unsee it. Um, I mean, but it was sort I, of tastefully done, I thought. <laughs> I think it should be a meme, like, among all of us. Oh, know? it definitely is a meme. Yeah. Definitely a, a meme. meme. But, I mean, I, you know, he's just, like, covered up by the stream. I thought he was wearing shorts. I um, <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Um, yeah. I mean. Wait, he wasn't wearing shorts? No, apparently oh. he wasn't, according to what he said. I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. So. Changes my whole perception of the photo. Yeah, it does. It actually does. I really, I mean, it did look like he was wearing shorts. It looked like he had something on. Okay. He had boots, I thought, or something. Wasn't he? Yeah, he boots? does have boots on. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Wh- which yeah. I think is actually even h- more hilarious if he's naked and wearing boots. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of part of it, right? Like, that's I like a cat move man. right there. Like, boots or, or with a robe and, and nothing else. How drunk do you think he was when he took that picture? Mm. Uh, I don't like, think he needed to be drunk for that. No, no. No, you think good. he did that because he wanted to have the artsy fartsy picture? Yes, that's you know Steve Mason. Like he's all about the, he's all about setting that. Pu- he wants to be a meme. He does. That would like be very validating and exciting for him to be a meme. <laughs> I saw that picture and could not stop laughing. Like I was just like, like. Who does he think he is? Like Brad Pitt or something? Like that's the type of person that takes that kind of photo. That's the the whole thing. He kind (laughs) of does. Like, I mean, George, he he sat there when I was sitting right across from him in studio. He sang the whole song of Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. I mean, he sang the whole song. Like, and I was like, we didn't need the whole song to get a sense of how much you like it. Okay. Yeah. But it was, you know, that he just leans in. Like he does the national anthem at actual sporting events. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. I remember he did like it in for front the of mar- huge crowds. The marquee race, I remember he did it there. Yeah, well. I mean, yeah. The, the marquee race did not have as many people as the King. No, game. but it had a pretty decent <laughs> amount. I was pretty impressed. There was like a thousand people there to just watch yeah. Key and Marcellus run a forty-yard dash for all, you know, of all things. But um, yeah, it, it was. It, <laughs> I just saw it, and I immediately thought of like you know, like. Um, yeah, like those those like per- cologne and perfume commercials that all like the yeah, super oh, totally. fancy Oscar award winning stars do, and they're like yeah. usually the the commercials are like done in black and white, and they're yeah they're like half naked if not naked in the picture. Yeah, and the, there's always in, like a very dramatic narration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know that that's what I felt like when I saw that photo. Like Steve Mason was trying to do a Gucci ad or something. Totally, and he I love that he's like not looking at the camera. Like we yeah. just snuck up on him and surprised so, him in the jungle. You, how, how many <laughs> takes? How many takes do you think that picture took? Do you At think, least ten. There's no way it was one take. No way. There's no way. Yeah. So like, like so Juan just now, woke up and surprised him. You know, he was just yeah. Oh, so Juan, God, Juan is taking like ten, and you think like he? Do you think how Four. many pictures is he taking before he goes back to him and shows him a few of the proofs? Uh, probably, probably five or six. Yeah. 
You like, like any yeah, of so these? Two trips. Yeah. Two trips and then decide on one. Yeah. Yeah, at least. I mean, look, I I have co-stars, I guess, that I have taken that are on set with and are very interested in making sure they have the best photo that day for the gram. And, like, I mean, there's a lot of takes involved. And I'm like, I mean, this one's good. I'm a pretty good photographer. And I'm like, this one's good. I framed you really good. Your outfit looks cute. Your your smile's good. And they're like, no, no, no. Do it a little bit different. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, all right, then. I mean, people are serious about the gram. I mean, clearly Steve Mason, more serious than I would have ever anticipated about the gram. He, by the way, didn't he just say, he literally just said to me before the holiday, he said, yeah, Scott Kaplan, man, he takes so many pictures for the gram. Like, he's just, like, always posing and doing stuff. And here goes Steve Mason doing a Gucci ad, basically, on his Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, I'm just kind of used to the Mason vacation pictures. Yeah. Like, it's always like that. When he goes on vacation, he's just, like, frolicking with the monkeys. And he's always, like, you know, ziplining. Well, that I get. Like, just, you know, yeah. being silly and goofy. But this just felt like, uh, mm-hmm. this, this felt so very artsy-fartsy. Very artsy-fartsy, yeah, Mason. It was. Yeah. I mean, I'm just in my own. I mean, it really was. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, Calvin Klein, like, Eternity. Yeah, you know, Calvin Klein, guy. Eternity. Yeah. The guy's always, like, looking lustfully yeah. at the female model. Yeah. It's always in black and white. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely yeah. Eternity. And the, Except, and Mason, the you're, more, is, you're more cool water, bro. Cool. You know, Dracar Noir. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're not Gucci. You're, you know, yeah. We should find that commercial. We should we should find the Eternity commercials. Let's find that, Laura. Oh, no, that's what we should do. We should get that picture and just yeah. do like a narration to it and then post yeah. it on social media. Like that would yeah. be hilarious. If you if you find me the, uh, the, the Calvin Klein Eternity commercials, I'll change the words around and I'll make it about Mason. Yeah. You, oh, you're, like first he, of all, you, know, you're, you know what the truth is? He would not actually be Dracar Noir. He, his perfume or his cologne would be Mason. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mason, Mason, Mason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. But, yeah, I'll write it for you and you voice it. How about that? You're, you're a professional writer, so let's have yeah. you write it. And, yeah. then, uh, and then you and I can voice it together because you've also okay. done a successful 30 for 30. Uh, yeah. You know, so there's that. But I had we, to do – okay, do you want to know – this is – when I did the um, 30 for 30 – I am, I'm not a natural voiceover person. Like I had to, I had to really work at that. You had to get in this podcast voice. Yeah. And do you know the line that gave me the hardest time that I had What's the that? hardest time delivering the line? Yeah. What? I'm Ramona Shelburne. <laughs> wow. <laughs> say it. Really? I kept laughing every time. Cause you basically are like introducing your podcast. Like it's about 10 minutes in, you start narrating. And then about 10 minutes in you do this, like, you know, we're going to go to the first commercial break usually. And there's a sort of like, this is the Sterling Affairs, and I'm Ramona Shelburne. I could not for the life of me say it. I kept laughing every time. Because it was funny. so, it was so, made me so self-conscious. Like, I never, and, and the only way I can ever do it when I'm on SportsCenter, and you have to tag your story at the end, okay? Yeah. So yeah. most of the time, they send it to you, and they, they introduce you. You don't have to say your name or anything like right. that. Yeah, yeah. At the, but when you do a piece at the end of the day, you go, reporting live from Crypto.com Arena. Uh, Ramona Shelburne, ESPN. You have to do it like that. Right. And right. You have to do the old Jeremy Schapp thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my muse, the person I have in my head who I grew up watching on SportsCenter, listening to those, you know, reporting live with the Raiders, you know, was Shelly Smith. Smith. Yeah. Shelly Smith. Reporting live with the 49ers in Oakland, Shelly Smith, ESPN. So I would just do it with exactly her intonation. Correct. So every time you hear me on SportsCenter, I'm just doing the Shelly Smith. Every time. Right. You're just impersonating Shelly Smith, but saying your <laughs> exactly, name. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Fair enough. But on I, the podcast, I, I had no way to do it. So yeah. we actually had my friend. She had to say my name for me so I could just impersonate her impersonating me. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> um, now, speaking of funny, the Raiders and Chargers are going to be playing in a game, a winner-take-all game. And the, <sighs> the funny part is this, is that, A, they are clearly rivals. Uh, B, they will be playing a primetime game for the 29th time in their history. That's the most of any uh, any, yeah. any two teams. Um, and they both are teams that generally flounder to get into the postseason. That They, they, they fail. Their objective yeah. is usually failure at the end of the season and, and finds themselves getting the short end of the stick. Now, barring a tie, which I don't seem – it doesn't seem to be very likely – 
Uh, although that would be even more hilarious. It would be uh, so perfect. Um, but barring oh. a tie, which I don't know what the result there would be and who would get in or who would get out, but somebody's got to win this game, Ramona. Yeah, I mean, I don't – it's like two fan bases that are – I don't want to say cursed. It's not, it's not that strong. But we're just used to snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, okay? Right. We're just used to the, the, the penalty coming in right when we score the game-winning touchdown. Oh, holding, illegal motion. Yeah, I mean, it's just I can feel it coming. Like every time they, they score a touchdown, I'm like, where's the flag? Is it coming? Is there a flag out there somewhere? It just – I've seen this for 20 years. And, you know, I, one of them has to win. Or don't they? Maybe it will. It really will be a tie. <laughs> Lindsay, if there's a tie, what happens, what happens there? Do we know? I think I read that it's actually better for the Raiders if they tie. Oh, well, there you I'll go. double check, but I'm pretty sure that the Raiders have the advantage there. The Raiders beating Indy was a big thing because Indy was the team that was ahead of them. They had to beat Indianapolis. And I think, didn't the Chargers lose to the Colts? Uh... I don't remember. I think I'm right about that. Um, Indy to me is a good team. They just haven't. They they started. They can off so run slow. the you know what out of the ball. I don't yeah. think there's any question about that. Yeah, and that guy's not winning the MVP. Come on. He's not, but he's really good. I know he's really good. He won your fantasy MVP. Okay, but you can't so, win an MVP if you barely make the playoffs. Yeah. John, um, so by the way, they this. did not play the Colts this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. If if the Colts lose and then the Chargers and the Raiders tie, they would both get into the playoffs. Oh, there you go. Wow. So there yeah, you have it. Yeah. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> that, yeah. That is what Carmine. Who do the Colts the play then? Hold on a second. Here, hold on. Let me take the a look. The Jaguars. So that's oh, no, probably not going to happen. Probably not going to lose. That game. I yeah. Mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. I know that people are going to sit here and say that the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville in like four years. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're no, they're not, not losing that game. It's not happening a fifth year in a row. Trust me on that one. Um. Wow. What a crazy scenario. I'm super pumped. I I can't wait to the for this week to evolve because I I I want to see what the players have to say. Yeah. Uh, about all this, I do want to get into the Raiders a little bit because yeah. again, I was completely wrong uh, about them when I gave up on them. Just keep saying it. Are we. I know how wrong you were. It's okay. But the truth is, like, we all lost hope. I mean, after the Henry Ruggs thing, I mean, I I don't I don't feel right about this year at all. Well, and then there I mean, was the other kid, Arnett, right? Who uh, they oh, got yeah. they got kicked off the team as well. The you know, and also like, I mean, they just had a guy, his a rookie cornerback, Nate Hobbs. He was yeah. arrested on DUI hours after they beat the Colts the other day. Yeah. I just I got no. I can't deal. Like, if your teammate killed a girl. I it just. <sighs> I can't. I just. It just makes me so angry, man. I, it's like I'm even as a Raider fan having a hard time rooting for them after what's happened. All right. With those, so what we'll do team. is to cheer you up. On the other side, we will play Radio Tinder. How about that? Okay, that sounds like a good idea. L- let's do that. Uh, and then coming up after Radio Tinder, I, I do want to get back into kind of this the, the football stuff. Um, I, I do want to get also into the to the Lakers. Um, because I have a specific LeBron question for you, Ramona. So we'll do a little bit of football. We'll do a little bit of LeBron. That's coming up after Radio Tinder, but that's coming up next in about two minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, Lanes, what do you got? All right, so starting off with some UFC here. 
Dana White today responded to Jake Paul saying that he'll retire from boxing if UFC fighter pay increases. So to start off the new year, the YouTuber turned boxer issued a statement to the UFC president noting the changes that he wanted to see in the organization. So those changes include raising the minimum fighter pay, a 50% guarantee of the UFC's annual revenue, and then long-term health care citing lasting brain damage for fighters. Uh, Jake Paul said that he'd retire from boxing, enter the U.S. anti-doping agency testing pool, and take on UFC welterweight fighter Jorge Masvidal. And then Dana White responded saying, he called Paul a cheater and said, if you two think that you can do it better than we do, you know, we're doing this whole thing wrong. You can treat the fighters better than we do. Knock yourself out. Go start your own business also called him a scumbag so that wasn't cool um do you think that jake paul is speaking out of turn in his challenge to dana white swipe left or swipe right sedano um is he speaking out of turn i'll swipe left uh first of all i think what jake paul is doing in some ways is quite commendable because his fights i use that in air quotes uh, because I do think that some of those uh, fights uh, may not be anything but a work. Maybe not all of them, but some of them may just be a work. Um, I, I, Nonetheless, he's getting those guys paid. Um, Tyron Woodley, for example, who fought in the UFC for many years, uh, probably has made more money fighting Jake Paul than any other fight he's ever fought in the UFC. I could be wrong about that, but my guess is I'm probably close to being very, very right. Uh, maybe there's a fight or two. Uh, in his UFC career where he may have made more money, but he's made a ton of money fighting Jake Paul a couple of times. So he's giving these guys an opportunity and fighting for stuff that a lot of people have brought up to Dana in the past, and it is a clear, sensitive issue with Dana White. And maybe that is something. If Jake Paul's got all that money and he can get the right backing, maybe he, he, he calls another promotion and says, hey, I'll help you. These guys listen to me, these fighters, and let's go try to do something together. Maybe you should partner with someone. Um, but easier said than done is what I would say. Um, while I think that there are things Dana could be doing better, I do think it's it's just it's always easier from afar without knowing the inner workings uh, to criticize. Um, so while I am mostly on Jake Paul's side here, uh, I, I just think that you know, what Dana Dana's response was was on point as well, which is, hey, man, go ahead. It's a free country. You want to start a promotion? Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, I think Jake Paul is 100% right. And the UFC started off, and they had to have this kind of salary structure because they were a new sport, and they were a new organization, and they kind of had to do this where, the you know, the, the fighters really couldn't make very much, and they had everybody was kind of in it together. But it has graduated, and it's now the big time. And I think that they have plenty of money that can go more to the fighters, more towards long-term fighter health. And especially in a sport where nobody lasts forever, no one is champion forever. The best fighter, the best female fighter in UFC history, mixed martial arts history, Amanda Nunes, just lost. Okay? I thought she would never lose. She was the best fighter. Yeah. And and she she's the one who took out Ronda Rousey. And now she's and now she won 12 in a row, and now she just lost. Like everybody loses with four-ounce gloves. It happens. And they get hurt. They don't fight again. It's not a long-term sport. And it's the stars in that sport have figured out a way to monetize, but the rank and file don't. And they end up with a lot of um, problems. But it's it's fine when you're a new organization, you're a new sport. But when you're when you're now, you've grown up. You make billions of dollars. It's a great organization. I think they can pay the fighters a little more. They just can. And the people who are making money off of it are the owners of the UFC, which is WME. It's not, it's not necessarily going – it's not – the people who own the organization make more now than any of the fighters combined. Like it's just he, they can change it. Yeah, they they make billions, billions of dollars, right? With a B. I mean, they sold it for was, four billion a number yeah. of years ago. Yeah. 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 That's, That's the Fertina brothers. Yep. All right, so next one. So MLB Network has cut ties with insider Ken Rosenthal. Oh, you're going to get me hot which, about this. Oh, yeah. That's yes, nice. which is believed to be the end result of acrimony that peaked in the summer of 2020 after Rosenthal criticized Commissioner Rob Manfred, which, let's be honest, who didn't? Uh, Rosenthal was reportedly first kept off the air for about three months after he wrote columns in 2020 
with the season in jeopardy due to the pandemic, analyzing Manfred's handling of the situation in The Athletic. Rosenthal's analysis of Manfred for The Athletic featured some light criticism, but it didn't appear to delve in anything personal. So, will what happened with Ken Rosenthal be the end of writers and reporters working for pro sports leagues and their entities? Swipe left or swipe right, Ramona? Um, I don't think it will be the end because, unfortunately... There's not a lot of great jobs elsewhere and a lot of really good writers end up going to work for teams and, and leagues that they cover. Like there's really good writers working for MLB.com. There are. And uh, you know, unfortunately that's where the more stable jobs are these days. Um, so I don't think it ends it, but that is a, I think it makes Rob Manfred look so small and, and so, so distant. I mean, he doesn't have a great, you know, approval rating. If you were to take an approval rate, I don't think he'd be all that high. I don't think it's going to bother him. This is another knock against him. All that matters is what the other owners who pay his salary think. But I mean, come on, man. That's just, you know, Sam Smith, who's a legendary reporter for in Chicago, who covers the Bulls. He's the guy who wrote the Jordan rules. Um, he writes for Bulls.com and he writes whatever the hell he wants. He does not get censored by the Bulls or NBA.com. That's how this works. If you want people to take what you write seriously, with some credibility, you got to let people write what they got to write. And Ken is one of the best journalists and most fair people out there. I just, I was upset when I saw this today. Woo. Yeah, I, I agree, Ramona. I'm with mm. you. I, I also, um, I will swipe left though and say that it's not the end because to Ramona's point, there's always going to be the, the opportunities out there. There's not that many of them. So you take whatever is available to you uh, at a given moment. But um, I, I too was not thrilled about that um, because if you're a, if you're any entity, forget it. I don't care if you're MLB, NBA, NFL, ESPN, yeah. right? Fox, you need to be a have a dissenting voice, okay? You as long as it's right. merit based and fact based, right? You're not yeah. making it up, you know. Like as long as it is got those attributes to it, there should be room for a dissenting voice. I am 100 with that. And and by the way, I read the story. It wasn't History. bad. Yeah. It wasn't at all. Like, it was like the mildest of mildest criticisms one could possibly have. So, um, not not thrilled about that either. Like, come on. Let's, like, we're all adults here. Okay. Like, you're not perfect. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, it seems like three is not a crowd for Jeff Bezos. The Amazon billionaire was oh all God. smiles when he <laughs> celebrated New Year's Eve with his girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez, and her ex fiance, Tony Gonzalez, all aboard a luxury yacht. So he posted photos on Instagram posing in his awesome heart-shaped sunglasses and his fancy little button-down shirt, which was probably unbuttoned a little too far. Um, and his post read, in part, the new year is also a great time to take stock and focus on personal growth, renewal, rebirth, and paying careful attention to each moment of your life. Uh, could you guys see yourself ringing in the new year or any other big celebration with your partner, and their ex all together. Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano. Um, you know what? I mm, that's a great question. Um, I, I would say swipe right. Like, how long have you been dating? That I mean, I think every situation is different, right? Like, what if you like, <laughs> like here's an example. Like, what if your significant other. And you have been dating or married or whatever for, I don't know, since you were like basically like in high school or college, right? Like their, their previous relationship was probably when they were like 15. You know what I mean? Like, so what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Like, I just think that every, it, there's not like a blanket answer for that statement. Yeah. Like, does she have kids with him? Right. You know, that's a little different. Yeah. Though. I think. So I think she does have a kid with him. But I well, think, I actually I think like when there's kids involved, that actually makes it like. So I have a friend. She is uh, divorced, um, and her her she has two kids with her, you know, ex husband, and he now has children, and they all vacation together like mm -hmm. once a year, just so that her kids can be with her, you know, their their other siblings. You know what I'm saying? And like they have like one trip. They do like a weekend. They don't stay in the same place, like the same room or anything, but like mm -hmm. they'll go to like a hotel and, you know, they, they do it so that way their siblings can be together. So I, I don't know. I just think that that stuff is all 
all based on, you know, like different circumstances. Dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I will say, like, you know, even though he's a billionaire and he's not like any other human on this earth because of that, like, shout out to him and props for him for being cool with that. Especially when Seriously. Like, I know that he's a billionaire and he's the richest man in the world, whatever, or maybe second richest, but like her ex is Tony Gonzalez. Like, I know. Look at him. Look at him. Don't you feel like like standing next to that guy, you have to be like, man. I wish I looked also, like that guy. Yeah, did I don't you know. see what he was wearing? Yes. He looked ridiculous. Oh, he looked I like, mean, those photos were like, oh, I think yeah. Michael Eve nailed it. He was just like, he looks like Paul Schaefer from, you know, from, yes. the, from the old, you know, David Letterman show, the band director. I mean. He does. Somebody <laughs> had a really good tweet. It was something along the lines of, Instead of looking like the richest guy in the world, Jeff Bezos dresses like a guy who just lost his fortune in cryptocurrency. Totally. Laura, what is it you said in my ear? I said he's just confident he has, um, he's securing himself, so he doesn't care that her ex is there. Plus, I believe they have a kid together. Oh. Um, Yes, they do. They they do. The the two of them do. But still, I Mm -hmm. mean, it is. Oh no! It could totally be awkward yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any question. All right, that's next radio, to that guy. That is Radio Tinder each and every day at five thirty. Uh, coming up next, I got a LeBron question for you, Momo. Momo's here in for Cap today. Uh, we'll be back in two and a half minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, this is one of those like... Good song. Sunday morning, cooking breakfast songs. Kind of dancing when you're cooking. You do a little spin around while you're tossing like the pancakes or the eggs. You know? That's awesome. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mommy. Dame el sal. You know? Yeah, I um I love me a little music when I'm cooking. Do I don't you? cook that often, but I love me a little music when I'm cooking. What do you make? I usually do breakfast for the okay. uh, for the house. Whenever I do cook, it's mostly breakfast. Um, you know, pancakes and like uh eggs, yeah. an omelet. I usually go omelet cuz I don't you know, I don't know. I mean, just do I, you like flip the pan? Do you, are you like a oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You I just lean into that. I mean, yeah. I know what I'm doing, you know. I, I mean, was I don't think it's all that time. necessary, <laughs> um, but yeah, I so I do that, you know. What I, you know, where I cook the bacon. See, this is like somebody taught In me the this same a long time pan ago. as the omelet. No, where Here, here's a life hack for you you cook your bacon. In a toaster oven. What? And you can cook like six strips at the same time. Are you serious? You bake you it. You put that raw bacon in there? Yeah. You you get you get the pan, right? You put a little oh, aluminum Lord. foil on it. Okay. You put like six, seven strips or whatever on it. And then you set you preheat it to four hundred degrees and you put it in there for anywhere between fifteen, sixteen minutes, and it will cook as crispy as it would wow. in a pan and no mess and no like, you know, backfire of the I grease. feel like I've seen this at a TikTok. Like one of those cooking uh, I, videos. On I, I may have posted it on my own Instagram at one point, but um, but yeah, I, that that is a life hack. That's a way easier way to cook bacon, and you can cook it a lot faster because um, you can cook more bacon at once. It feels kind of unsanitary. That's like raw meat going in your toaster. No, but you're putting aluminum foil on top of the pan. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, like you know but how like, your toaster ovens come with like a little pan. You oh, know? toaster oven. You're not talking about a regular toaster. No, like a toaster oven. Toaster oven. Okay. Yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah. making more sense to me now. Okay. I was like, how are we going to dip that raw meat in there? That's not No, crazy. a toaster oven. Well, you don't have <laughs> a toaster. Like, Do you have a toaster that like, goes that preheats to 400 degrees? I was like, what are we doing here, man? That, yeah. That's going to get all stuck in there? No, no, no. no. A toaster oven. <laughs> toaster oven. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah. So yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and you can make like at least six strips in yeah, one sitting. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. 
So yeah, I'm a breakfast person when I cook. See, I um, like to cook the bacon in the pan because then you get the bacon fat in the pan. You just leave that bacon fat in the pan. Then you put your eggs in. It's got like bacon fat eggs. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, I usually when I make the omelet, I usually go with like a little Pam. Just spray the thing with Pam. Nothing too crazy. And just, uh, you know, make a little omelet. Throw a little like a uh, little ham in there, a little cheese. And then like, you know, you got to top it with some cheese. So I usually okay. do like like mozzarella inside with like uh, with like some ham. And then on the top, I'll put like one slice of cheddar just to give it like a little decor on the top. I'm into that, and you and you do the whole flip. So you fold yeah. it over. Right, you, you fold it over. It. Right. Do you need an audience for the flip, or does it make you nervous? No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. Because yeah. I mean, I feel like the flip is an unnecessary cooking technique, and the only reason to do that is to kind of show off a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a question for you. I told you I had a LeBron question for you. Oh. Now you had mentioned this, and you've been right. Outside of yesterday, and even yesterday, I wouldn't say he contradicted Russell Westbrook. I would just say he had a, a, a slightly different take on the situation, okay? But generally, LeBron has been very um, much on the same page as Russell Westbrook. Let Russ be Russ. He has said that in group settings. He has said it to Mike Trudell in post-game opportunities, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So do you believe – I believe there's one of three scenarios at play here, Okay. Now, you can tell me I'm completely wrong on all of them, but just tell me uh, what you think of these three scenarios. A, LeBron is doing that because he was the biggest advocate on acquiring Russell Westbrook. Okay? All right. Uh, B, um, he is doing that to perhaps up any trade value <laughs> that Russell Westbrook um, mm-hmm. could have. Um or C, he actually believes what he's saying. I think it's a combination of A and C. Okay. Okay, because I don't think LeBron's ever worried about somebody's trade value, right? Like, I don't think that's ever been, like, part of his calculus there. Okay. I think he went to bat for Russ. I think he still believes in the guy. I think he genuinely appreciates how hard he plays. I mean, Russ played every single game. And one thing I know Russ gets upset about, he, don't, he doesn't feel like people – Give him credit for the, th- for the good things he does. They only focus on the things he doesn't do or the bad things he does. And so I feel like LeBron doesn't have any other choice here, George. Like, yeah. there's no trade they can do for him. There's no team that wants Westbrook. Do you, do you think, do you think, and I don't know the, the answer to this. Um, it, and again, I, I don't want to see, I'm not going to do this to you. I'm not going to ask the question the way I was going to ask you because if I ask it that way, it's okay. immediately it's going to be Ramona Shelburne yeah. said aggregated 7,000 times. Yeah, 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 I know. Okay. It's okay. I know how to, I know how to decide. Okay, to so what I would say to you is this. Do you believe that there, if there were such a deal, that the Lakers would at least have a conversation about it? Um... Me, Ramona, having not directly posed that question. Correct. Correct. This, right? See, this is how I sidestep that. Correct. I haven't posed that question. But, yeah, of course you listen. Of course you would look, right? Um, but there's no trade out there. Let's just be, let's be real. There's no trade out there for Russell Westbrook that makes any kind of sense for the, for the Lakers right now. Who, who are you going to – who – I mean, John Wall? That's the only one. No. You're going to do that? No. I don't think Houston would even want that. They've already been down that road. Yeah. And that's not what they're trying to do. And like is John, John Wall, Wall an upgrade over Russell Westbrook? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. well, look, in I a way, know. he is because he's, he's more of a pure point guard. I actually think John Wall could still play. And I think he's more of a pure point guard. I think he would be good um, because the Lakers need a pure point guard. I mean, I even had somebody the other day go, you know, you know they kind of need somebody like a Dennis Schroeder. And I was like, whoa, whoa, all kinds of crazy scenarios. But, like, Dennis Schroeder would be available probably. Boston will probably trade him. Um or at least look to you know look at look at options. I mean, can you imagine if they end up with shooter back? Oh. <laughs> I mean, stranger things happen. DeAndre Jordan played for the Mavs, okay? But um, after that whole thing, he did you know <laughs> right with the Clippers and Mavs once. Uh, it, it, you know, I just think it's. I mean, Dwight Howard's on the Lakers after he left, okay? But it feels like that. I think they all know like they're stuck with each other. Like this is it, and LeBron yes he was one of the main advocates and he really believed that it can work and he got it he has to make it work now will he be saying all the same things if they don't win this year or if they flame out in the first round or whatever it is i don't think so because then you 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 can probably if you need to trade russ or if it's not working out you can probably find a trade this offseason but not right now like this year they well in the offseason you can't they gotta make it work 
In the yeah. offseason, you can because Russ would go into the last year of his deal. Yeah, so, last yeah. year of his deal. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of – I think everybody understands the reality of the situation. And they don't have many other assets other than probably Taylor and Horton Tucker. And even that right now is not great. He's not so, playing that well either. Yeah. A lot of a, a little maybe like two months ago I would have told you oh well maybe they could do something with Cleveland and Kevin Love I don't not anymore. Yeah, I don't Cleveland's think, I don't good think and Kevin Love's Kevin playing Love. well. Yeah, yeah, he's important for them. He's a good player for them. Yeah. So it's just I don't see it, and I don't know what other albatross contract. Like there was a time a couple summers ago. Remember when we were having this conversation? Whose contract is harder to trade, Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook? Oh my God! And then they got I, traded for each other. Right. And it was and, Russ who got to choose where he wanted to go, whether yeah. he was going to go to the Heat. Or he's going to go to the Rockets. Uh, the Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> My, how times have changed. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and by I the just, way, yeah, the I Lakers could have had Kyle Lowry had they included Taylor Horton Tucker last uh, yeah. trade deadline. Right? There was a little more to that. I mean, it wasn't just not wanting to put THT in there. That was part of it. But the other side of it is how, what did Lowry end up signing for? I think it was uh, about 30. About 30 a year. Yeah. And he's 35 ish, 36. I mean, you know, I think. I think a lot of teams that were thinking about pulling the trigger on the trade last year were a little concerned. And I don't just mean the Lakers, like the Sixers, the Heat, everybody was a little like, do we really want to be paying this guy $30 million a year? Because that's what he wants in his next deal. So I think that was a little more of the concern um, last year than, than necessarily Taylor Horn Tucker. Although that was, that was part of it too. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you for answering that question. A and C. All right. So LeBron – Believes it, and LeBron is also trying to sort of justify the fact that he advocated for us. So He's got to make it work. Like, that's yeah. it. When you make a choice, like, like, you know, they chose Westbrook over Buddy Heal. They had both deals lined up, and they made a choice. And I've always, you know, the answer I've always got when I ask the question is why one over the other? And the answer is LeBron and AD have not been all that durable the last few years. And there was a sense, like, if one or both is not healthy, Russ is a star who can carry a team. Um, because he has carried teams before, whereas Buddy Heald is more of a, a better fit and a better complementary player, but not necessarily the guy that you can just ride when one or both of those guys are not hurt. All right, here's the rundown for the rest of the show, for the last right. hour of the show, okay? We've got – I have more LeBron Lakers stuff, particularly about his minutes, how sustainable this is, can he carry this team to the playoffs, all that. Uh, I want to get into uh, all the Sean McVay doubters – Yes, Clinton Yates, I'm talking about you out there, okay? The Matthew Stafford doubters. Yes, Steve Mason, I know you doubled that down on that today. And the Raiders, Chargers in a must-win game. Uh, we will do that. Uh, and which team of all three that I just mentioned would L.A. be behind the most if they all made the playoffs? All that coming up before big deal or no deal, 710 ESPN. We're back in three minutes.